This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Powerplay, a series which is part of The Straits Times Asian Insider podcast channel. I'm Dan Sun Cheong, ST's China correspondent based in Beijing. And I'm Carissa Yong, ST's US correspondent based in Washington. Every month, the two of us will look at various facets of the US-China rivalry and its implications for Asia. So in this episode, we're going to talk about Eileen Gu, who is really the center of attention right now here in Beijing with the Winter Olympics. She's only 18, but Eileen is, is everywhere here in Beijing, Carissa. The Winter Olympics uh, started two weeks ago, and you know she's on billboards, advertisements on the subway, she's on the TV... Um, you know, she's a fashion model and, uh, you know, Chinese call her a, a genius skier. You know, and this at this time of recording, she's won uh, two medals uh, for China, one gold and one silver. So the local reception to her has really just been uh, overwhelming. You know, there's been a lot of support for her on Chinese social media and China is just crazy about this uh, teenager. But there's a twist. You know, Eileen, uh, who's known by her Chinese name here, Eileen, uh, was born and, and raised in the U.S. to an American father and a Chinese mother and only decided to compete for China in 2019. But the fact that there's been such focus on Eileen and China's other foreign-born sporting talent you know, has also thrown up all these interesting questions about nationality, identity, and what it means to be Chinese. So we're going to discuss all of that in this episode. But before we start, I wanted to ask you, Carissa, you know, for a sense of how Eileen Gu is being seen on the other side of the Pacific, do people care about her? You know, how is she being talked about and portrayed? Well, her reception in the US is a bit more complicated. And actually, it's a lot more complicated. So a lot of this has to do with the social, political and racial dynamics in America. So in America, there's this stereotype of Asian Americans who, you know, are a minority group here as permanent outsiders or perpetual foreigners, even though some of their families have been in the U.S. since the late 1800s. And also remember that this Eileen Gu phenomenon is coming at a time when there is a rise in racist incidents against Asian Americans, Asian American women being insulted, being attacked or even killed. So with Eileen Gu's achievements, there's a certain pride in Asian American excellence and, you know, this girl from America achieving these things. But also, people have really mixed feelings that she chose to ski for China since she benefited from access to US training. So one of her old teammates told reporters that her decision was opportunistic and said that, you know, she became the athlete she is because she grew up in the US where she had access to premier training grounds and coaching. So on one hand, you have people saying, you know, go back to China or wherever they came from. And then on the other hand, when someone does choose to ski for China, they get slammed for it. So it's kind of like a lose-lose situation in that sense. And another smaller thing I noticed was that people seem to have mixed feelings about her privilege. So, you know, yes, she is successful, but she also succeeded in part because she had a support network and, you know, access to training at ski resorts and all of that. Yeah, I think in China, people tend to gloss over the fact that, you know, this is somebody who's clearly had a very privileged upbringing, training at ski resorts. You know, her father was educated at Harvard. Her mother, you know, studied at Stanford. You know, winter sports really are uh, what you call an upper middle class thing. Yeah. And the last and also the biggest thing is the ongoing US-China competition in, you know, the geopolitical sphere. And it rankles some people that she chose to compete for China specifically, because China's being seen as America's chief rival. And some people even see China as America's enemy. So, you know, from the right wing in America, you have seen conservative commentators calling her an ingrate and a traitor, which is unfair and has racist overtones. 
And then from other critics, some are unhappy that Eileen Gu isn't using her platform to speak up more about human rights in China, about repression, and all of that. So it's all very complex. And it's a lot for an 18-year-old to be a symbol of. You know, in some other universe where all of this, you know, race, class, superpower rivalry didn't resonate, she'll just be an athlete, striving for excellence at the Olympics. But now she has to defend her identity as equally Chinese and American. But then since she's been really embraced by the Chinese, right? There were reports about how she caused Chinese social media platform Weibo to crash after she won her first Olympic gold. And you have to admit that as an athlete, she's extremely talented. Yeah, you know, we were, we were talking about how China really has Aileen Gu fever. You know, just to give you a sense, even the, the tuition center that Aileen Gu attends when she's back in China for summer breaks, you know, has been thrown into the spotlight. <laughs> That's so Chinese. Tuition centers during her summer breaks. Yeah, but, but I think back to, to what we were talking about, you know, for somebody born and raised in the US, clearly born into a family of class and privilege, she's been embraced, you know, by the common man in, in China. And I think part of the reason is that, you know, she really fits the, the current um, zeitgeist, you know, or mood here in China. You know, here was some here's somebody, you know, that's born in the US. You know, she's decided, you know, not to compete for the country that nurtured her talent and where she grew up you know, and instead come back here to compete uh, in China, uh, for China. You know, it sends a really strong message about China's rise and what is seen here as, as America's decline. That's so interesting because, you know, for so long, the US has been seen as the destination for Chinese people wanting to leave China, you know, to work or to study or just to live. Yeah, and, you know, I think Eileen bucks this trend and, and really feeds into this uh, nationalist sentiment uh, that we've seen growing uh, in the last few years of tensions uh, you know, have grown between the US and China. And so we've seen state media really highlight the parts of her life that are Chinese. The fact that she spends summers every year here in China, the fact that she speaks, you know, very fluent uh, Beijing-accented Mandarin. You know, there, there's this clip of her as a 13-year-old being driven through Tiananmen Square and, you know, pointing out Mao Zedong's uh, portrait and reading the, the Chinese characters on the walls of the Forbidden City. You know, and for this person to come back to China and to win medals uh, in a sport that China has not traditionally been very strong in, I think, uh, you know, as a Chinese person looking at Eileen Gu, you know, it's something that, that's very moving. So I guess what you're saying, Danson, is that the Chinese see her as one of us? Yeah, that's absolutely right. I guess, ironically, some Americans don't see her as one of them. You know, it's tough having that dual identity, especially when people aren't empathetic about it at all. And another interesting thing is that Chinese netizens aren't embracing other Chinese Americans the way they love Eileen Ku. So, you know, when figure skater Nathan Chen won his gold medal for the US, Chinese netizens didn't show him any love. That just goes to show that it's not just being of Chinese descent that matters, but also having chosen China. Yes, Nathan Chen. You know, he's he's criticized China for issues over Xinjiang and over here, you know, he's he's been he's seen as a bit of a banana, yellow outside but white or American inside. Yeah, his reception in China has sparked some soul searching in the US about, you know, what it means to be Chinese American and all those issues of identity. But you know, other than identity, there's this other interesting debate coming out of this about nationality, or you know, specifically athletes that hold dual nationality. So we can see this in how Eileen Gu has been insistent about her dual identity when asked about her nationality. You know, she says she's American when she's in the US and Chinese when she's in China. And, you know, some noise has been made about how she hasn't appeared on the US Federal Register of people who have renounced their American citizenship. Yeah, you know, China doesn't allow dual citizenship. So there's been this debate or discussion about whether special dispensation has been given to Eileen uh, to allow her to keep her US passport or citizenship. This is interesting because the majority of Chinese people oppose um, having dual citizenship. 
I think America is a lot more relaxed on that front because unlike China, the US does allow Americans to have dual nationalities and doesn't force them to choose one over the other. And actually, no one really knows for sure how many American dual citizens there are because that's not something the US keeps track of. So it's not really that much of a deal here. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. And actually, Danson, you know, this thing about foreign-born athletes is not really that new. This has been happening for quite a long time. So, you know, why is it becoming such a big deal now? I I think part of the reason is because there are so many foreign-born athletes in Team China at these Winter Olympics. Yeah, I noticed. Why is that? Yeah, I think it's because, you know, from China's point of view, um, you know, it sees sporting success, especially at the Olympics, as a kind of, um, you know, a barometer of its, its national strength. You know, China is a real powerhouse, you know, at the Summer Games. I think when it comes to winter sports, you know, it's, it's, it's quite a newcomer and doesn't have the same uh, depth of talent. Like what we discussed, you know, I think winter sports, you know, really the kind of activities that, you know, rich folk do and, and you know, China as a, as a developing country is, is, is quite new to this. You know, so it's been looking to, to foreign-born athletes to basically, you know, fill out its roster. If you look at, um, you know, the, the men and women's ice hockey teams, more than half, you know, were born outside of China. You know, and from what has been reported, these players have also been dodging questions about their nationality. So China, you know, could be making special allowances to essentially, you know, fill its teams. I guess maybe some of these athletes might think they have more opportunities playing for China. But I, I have a question, you know, why does China want athletes specifically of Chinese descent? You know, if you look at the foreign-born athletes that China has been uh, getting, uh, a lot of them has Chinese descent. And, you know, China likes to tout the fact that it has 56 ethnic groups. But if you, you know, but in the country, you know, it's surprisingly homogenous. So the majority of people are Han Chinese. And so basically, if you don't look Han Chinese, you're not seen as Chinese. But the increased prevalence, you know, of foreign-born athletes without any Chinese heritage, you know, have raised some interesting questions. Chinese historian Xu Guoqi from from the University of Hong Kong told me uh, this last week, and then, you know, he posed this very interesting scenario. So he said, what if, you know, a team of mostly naturalized players helps China to win, you know, a football championship? You know, the question is, uh, you know, would China embrace such a team? Would it be considered a Chinese victory? You know, he argues that, you know, as more of these foreign-born players appear uh, and compete for Team China, uh, there, there will be serious implications that come out of this. So the, to him, the idea of China and what it means to be Chinese is at stake. Yeah, I think this all goes to show that on one hand, prestigious sports tournaments are about athletic excellence. But on the other hand, you know, nothing happens in a vacuum. So the Olympics are also a reflection of society and politics and economics and race and just everything in between. Well, thanks, Carissa. I think that nicely wraps up our chat. You've been listening to Powerplay. I'm Denson Chung. And I'm Carissa Yong. Do check out our bylines in the Straits Times online. We also have links in our podcast text description below. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.